0: Stat man, Crash Gladys, Kenny Sargent, as we continue nighttime Daytona 24 hours from Daytona International Speedway. Now joining us here in the Continental Tires Pits after his stint there on the track. It's good to get him back in the Freak Nation. Sebastian Bourdais joins us in here. And, Sebastian, you didn't sound real happy up at the podium talking about some other things outside of your run.
1: Why is that? (laughs) Just because they want to talk about the not fun stuff, you know, um, it's, the, the fun stuff is in the car, you know, in mm-hmm. saying it up and getting the team to work well together and just go racing. You know, the, politi- the politics about racing is never fun.
0: You talk about politics, and we'll get into that in a little bit. And it oh. involves... <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> because it's so not fun. So let's talk about it.
0: Well, because he couldn't <laughs> drop the bombs he was dropping in here earlier. Uh, with Grand Am, he, there are a number of Chevrolet drivers out there that have some beefs with those Ganassi guys.
1: Why is that? Well, just because, yeah, they just readjusted, you know, the folds in the Corvette over the winter, and they just left the BMW alone, and now they're on top. So it's, it's always frustrating, you know. It's, I think it was pretty even last year in terms of power and everything. The, the, the Grandam has a chassis dyno, so they can take any car at any moment and put it on there and run it yeah. and see how much power it makes. So, you know, you'd think that it's not too difficult to police it, but guess what? You know, there are some people who are pretty smart, can still hide their game and bitch about it. And, you know, when comes the the, the very important day, just put it down and, and make everybody look like an idiot.
0: Sebastian Bourdais joins us here in the Speed Freaks pit. man. Uh, Sebastian, you are in at Starworks Motorsports.
3: Alan McNish, great team. You're Ford Power, right? Mm-hmm. So you don't have to worry about any of this stuff. The Fords are fairly fast, and you guys were you know, within five seconds or so of winning the thing last year, and you're coming back this year with the same kind of squad, the same kind of power, the same kind of
1: effort. No, no, it's not true. It's not true. And unfortunately, you know, we, we lost 300 drives since uh, last year. And so that affects... Does that make a big deal? Yeah, yeah, it's a pretty big deal. Yeah. And uh, and right now, I think, you know, the top speed of the BMW is about 196. Uh, we have the same configuration because we use the same chassis. You know, you're enforced on the the, the tail, you get the, the back you know, gurney and then you have a, a minimum angle you can use and a special wicker. So nobody really can make any difference on the arrow of the car. So that's why it's so easy to see, you know, who's got what on, on the chassis on the on, on the engine side. Um, so they were about 196, we were about 192, 193 uh, and the Corvette was about 191, something like that. So they readjusted the Corvette but it just left the BMW way ahead of everybody. So I guess everybody's pretty unhappy about what's going on because it's a... Uh, it's a pretty unfair game, you know, when uh, you're lacking so much top speed around this place where obviously raw power is just so damn important and you've full throttle for so long. so. Um, you know, there's no crying or anything. I think it's just uh, one of these games where, you know, whoever was the smartest of uh, hiding his, his best uh, tools just got the lucky break. And, you know, sometimes it's bottle racing, but that's not the part I enjoyed the most, I guess. When you were out there in your stint, you just came off the track. Did you? I
3: know drivers say that you could see the guy pulling away. Uh, did that happen to you? I saw the Starworks car came back up through the field. That, was that just because of your
1: brilliance? <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 There's no brilliance. But uh, no, we just actually, I, I don't even know how I ended up being leading the race because we were um, third or something like that. And then we, I guess we just went a couple of laps further which is kind of explained because we have a little less power so we burn less fuel it's kind of a simple math Um, and uh, by doing this you do more fast laps and then when you, you pit later with the cold tires you come out on top and we ended up being taking the lead, and uh, that was pretty good, but then, you know, you get stuck in traffic a couple of times, and and you can't really get a good exit on the, on the bus stop, and, you know, they get a run on you, and, and you're done. You know, by the time you get to the tri-oval, they've got uh, two call ahead so of you. Sebastian Bourdais,
3: four-time kart champion. You've raced with Peugeot. You've raced all over the world. You're here with Starworks. The speed differentials have always been a major issue in sports car racing, the speed differentials this weekend are huge. The DPs are maybe 20 seconds a lap faster than some of the GX cars.
1: Is that a problem? Has it been a problem so far uh, in the race? Well, it's the nature of endurance racing. You know, you just have to adapt to it. It's the it's the way the thing goes and uh, there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, it's just uh, it's just a challenge. Sometimes you end up scaring yourself because you know somebody jumps on the brakes when you're still flat out and you didn't expecting to move left and when he goes right or whatever you know but at the end of the day it's uh it's, it's a very interesting and challenging series um so i've, I've always enjoyed that you know and, and that's why I've, I've been doing it for a long time um so hopefully for many many more years
3: one more question it's always fasc- it excuse me it's always fascinated me here uh, the, because of the time of the year, the night racing is so long here at uh, Daytona. It's
1: the never-ending night, and,
3: <laughs> and at, because it's in the the summer at Le Mans, there's a very short night. The day is much
1: longer. How does that feel for a driver? Yeah, it's a very it's a very unique feel. Uh, like you say, you just spend uh, you know twelve hours. At night, and it's uh, it's a long time, you know. Well, actually, more than that, 14 hours. Um, but uh, yeah, at Le Mans, it, it's getting dark at 10 p.m. and then you know the sun gets up at like 5:30 or 6 a.m. So uh, it's a it's a very different game. Um, but uh, um, you know, when you're racing, you just kind of do your thing. And uh, the thing is, uh, you know, here when it uh, when the night comes. When you get make it out of the night, um, there's quite a bit less racing to do than Le Mans for sure.
2: Oh, that's true. You can kind of think of it as, oh, here we come back to the sunshine, and we're almost done.
0: (laughs) Yeah, exactly.
2: (laughs) Sebastian Sebastian Bourdais, four-time Champ Car champion, in here with us in the Continental Pits. We've had drivers come in here, they're sweaty, they're gross, they bring their Pedialyte, they're all geeked up. You're all relaxed, chill. No,
1: no, I I got that done before I showed up.
2: Oh, okay. So you're you're showered and ready to go. Exactly. You're showered and shaved.
1: (laughs) Yeah, no, uh, actually, uh, uh, Amy from IndyCar just uh, sent me a text when uh, I was... uh, still uh, going at my uh, dinner. So uh, I was like, well, h- hold on a minute. I'll just finish dinner, go and see the physio, take a shower, and then come up fresh.
2: Oh, so you really have shower to eat?
1: Absolutely, yeah. Well, you need, to, you, know, you need to feel good when you get in the car. If you just, uh, you need to take care of yourself, especially, you know, after the first time in the car. Um, you know, make sure that you don't, you know, lose hydration and and um that you don't you know get all the muscles tensed up after the first things always is a little you know harder on the body it's kind of like a big aggression and then yeah. you kind of loosen up and just get in the groove um so you just really need to make sure that in the early stage of the race like this you just kind of take care of your own and make sure that you know you fit for the end because that's when it's going to
0: matter Can okay you, hold on
2: one so, second okay There was a guy Sorry sorry.
0: I wanted to follow up What he was just talking about
2: Okay then you follow up
0: Sebastian can you follow up On what you're talking about Taking a shower Like some of your contemporaries Over there in Europe That they should take A freaking shower Maybe every third or fourth day And they just drive to work And come home And they're stinking For four or five days You drive a car for four hours And you're taking a shower Mm -hmm. Can you share that With some of your European compadres Contemporaries That just take a damn shower Every other day
1: is that racism or something?
0: No, it's not racism.
1: <laughs> my God,
2: countryism.
1: No, it's not racism. I just happy That's you're like Europeans it. against Americans. That's what it sounds like.
0: <laughs> Jesus, it's true because Scott Pruitt came in here and he was a sweaty ass, and you come in here and you're all showered. Yeah. So maybe I ought to tell some of my contemporaries in America to take a shower after they. Yeah, you just said it. But even more importantly, can you believe Statman's got a picture of a man of a, of a half naked man on his website? <laughs>
1: Who's that? Jordan Taylor. Oh, my God. What is he doing?
2: Have you seen the video that Jordan Taylor, Ricky Taylor, Mark Jensen is... I heard about it. It's good.
1: I've heard some comments about why did they not put Wayne in it? (laughs) They wanted to see him with the glasses and everything and going like, yeehaw. Yeehaw? I heard that. Would you get in a video like that? Hell no. (laughs) I'm not enough uh, of a funny guy for that.
2: But see, that's what would make it funny, is People would not expect that from Sebastian Bourdais. So to see something completely random would be epic.
1: Yeah, I guess. I just, I guess, I just don't like to make a fool of myself.
2: <laughs> <laughs> when we put you on one of those co- mechanical bulls. <laughs> would you do that?
1: Hey, you know what? If you if you give me enough drinks, I guess I might do it. So wait, wait a minute. What is Sebastian Bourdais?
3: Seabass, they call him. What, what does Sebastian Bourdais do to kind of unwind? You get a couple of beers and you're with your buds. And, and just what Sebastian Bourdais
1: do when he wants to uh, cut loose? He goes uh, with his wife somewhere and chills out. Just has a good time and, you know, kind of relax. We went skiing like uh, for cool. six days before this, and it was awesome. Uh, Where? Whereabouts? In this in, part of the world? Uh, yeah, in, uh, near Park City, so it was pretty cool. Oh, cool. Snow was awesome. Up there was blue, blue sky, sunshine every day. It was like the longest day ever. Just kept more, on repeating more, itself. More
0: importantly, before you do get out of here, do you remember what you and Bruno Giancaro <laughs> were battling about? <laughs> your did own, your did
1: you did you talk about that? I did. Oh, I'm sorry. God.
0: And remember, this is this is She's for the internet, so we can talk time. about we can talk about anything. Yeah. And we're trying you to cap- explain to Bruno Giancaro the difference between boobs and tatas.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember that.
0: Did, did he ever understand it? He's not going
1: to I don't know. I didn't ask him. I came out of there still thinking to myself what the hell happened now like what's next <laughs> You try your best to chill without doing stuff like that in t- yeah, i mean i have no problem but it's true that you know in france there is no restriction on this kind of language on, on tv and it's actually always striking me when we go back you know to france because you you turn on tv <laughs> and there's a commercial and here's naked girl you know just like straight out you know taking a shower doing a commercial for a, you know a body wash you know and it's like you don't see these things here and you know these are just all these you know restrictions on language what's appropriate, not appropriate, whatever. So it was kind of funny for me because I was very new to this, you know, and I really didn't have so much I of an idea what was okay and what was not okay so uh, yeah it was an experience you know it's always good good education i guess
2: of course we're talking about when you were relatively new with new- the newman haas mm-hmm. team before you won your four titles and you mm-hmm. were teammates with bruno juncare you guys came in the studio in los angeles and w- in one of our commercial breaks somehow we got on the conversation of what a boob is uh,
1: Look, uh, <laughs> Br- bruno was still on the market back then so it was uh, it was very very sex orientated so <laughs> yeah, it was uh, it was funny
0: and we got a drop from bruno i, I still have on the computer I, I dropped
1: act. it completely yeah he did oh I did yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> it, it could have been the F1 but no it wasn't
0: no it was he said this else. is Bruno Junquera, uh team Newman Haas racing and I love big American breasts <laughs> that is what that he was said it.
2: yeah you're listening to Speed <laughs> <Pretty
1: Freaks>. much. <laughs> well you, you pushed him hard enough that he was going to do it for sure <laughs> yeah <laughs> That's what you wanted to hear. So how'd it feel
0: to come back in the Freak Nation tonight? Feel all right?
1: Yeah, it feels great. It's always a uh, good fun to uh, talk to you guys. We
0: didn't hammer you like your French buddy out there about IndyCar. He was hammering you about IndyCar, wasn't he? <laughs>
1: no, it's just you know uh, when uh, it's like uh, when uh, it's like for sharks when there's a smell of blood that just kind of get at it, you know, and keep <laughs> keep digging, keep digging, try and see if uh, something exciting comes out.
0: Will you be running an IndyCar this year? Oh yeah, yeah absolutely. That's
1: my main program. Obviously, we're not listening.
2: Uh, thank you, Sebastian. Bam! Yeah. Listen up, Kenny Sargent. Jun- uh,
1: come on. He, he, how many did they drop on me this time?
0: Bruno Junqueira <laughs> joins us here in the Speed Freak's Pits. Bruno
1: Junqueira.
2: <laughs> <laughs> He's with Dragon. You got two cars.
1: Yeah, yeah, there will be well, two that cars. I did, I did yeah. The second car is not completely set yet. It's still in the works. But, uh, yeah, there will be two cars. And uh, I'll be back in the Dragon number seven with uh, McAfee. And, um, yeah, with Chevrolet and hopefully, um, you know, can build on what we uh, started last year and do, uh, do a better job because obviously we showed a lot of pace, but uh, no results. So hopefully we can uh, show just as much pace or even better and, and transform it.
2: You were on such a momentum high, four championships in a row in Champ Car, and then you went over to Formula One and unfortunately it didn't turn out so well. You came back to America to race. Do you regret doing that, going over to Formula 1? Because I know you wanted to always try it, but do you think that just broke your momentum?
1: No, 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 no. No, I think I'm, you know, if I've been any good at any point, I think I'm just, you know, the same guy. Um, But uh, um, it's just opportunities. Uh, Obviously, I had been chasing Formula 1 right for my entire career. That was the ultimate goal for me. Uh, And, you know, after winning the fourth championship um, I guess you know it felt like there wasn't much to accomplish in open racing in america, um particularly because i wasn't very tempted with the IRL, the way it was run with all the ovals that i didn't like the way they ran it um which obviously is fixed now unfortunately it took uh, a disaster um but uh now we you know when when you go to an oval you drive the car that's the way it should have always been um and and I'm glad it's changed unfortunately it took uh it took a huge toll on the entire uh Open world community, um, but uh, it's a great thing. But uh, to come back on my uh, story, for sure, you know, it it was there's nothing I regret because if if I had not done it, I would have always been what if. Mm -hmm. And for sure, it was miserable. I was miserable. I I sucked. It was terrible. Um, And, you know, I just at least I've been there, done that. I know it's not for me. Um, I don't have what it takes to be a great Formula One race car driver. And there's nothing wrong with that.
2: I would not agree with that. Well, uh, Maybe you were just not yeah, well, with the right have, team.
1: No, you have, to, you have to be honest with yourself. I, 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 I could be fast in Formula 1 at some given times. Um, truth is, what they need right now in Formula 1 is a guy who doesn't need a car a certain way. They just need a guy who's capable of driving the balls out of these things and go at it, regardless of the balance of the car. That's what they need. Because the car changes its configuration 20 times a year, and it's going to go from understeer to oversteer to in-between to anything. And they just need that guy who's capable of adapting and driving the best of it. Then they make little adjustments during the weekend, but that's not... It's a completely different experience from what I had been used to my entire career. And for sure, at Newman House, in Champ Cars and all that, where... All they care about is just making you comfortable and as fast as you can in that car. And I arrived in Formula 1, told them I couldn't do that, but they still signed me, which I'm still very surprised they did because I couldn't be any clearer. And when I arrived there, they said, you know what? You put your butt in this thing and you just drive your nuts out. And that's it. There's no bitching, no whatever. You just give what you got, whether you like it or not. And that just didn't work. No feedback to your
2: crew crew guys whatsoever.
1: They were were always very courteous and and nice and and understanding. And then they do whatever they want to But at the end of the day, I was in a team that was not making its car, that was not developing it. So how the hell do you fix it? There is nothing you can do. You're just in a train that's on rails, Hmm. and it's heading straight into a mountain, and there's nothing you can do about it. That's exactly what it Sebastian
3: Bourdais. let's bring this full circle. We started off talking about... Uh, politics in Grand Am, (laughs) compare the politics in Grand Am Am with the politics in F1. You're sounding like it's different politics, but it's still the same thing. No,
1: no, there was no politics. There was just uh, uh, a format that I just wasn't, I, I didn't fit it. You know, I just didn't fit. I was the guy who just needed the car a certain way and they couldn't give it to me. Not that they didn't want to, but just couldn't give it to me. And every now and then there would be a development that was going my way and I would kind of pop up and be like, hey, hello, you remember me? And and then there would be another development that would steer me away from being competitive and, and I couldn't drive the damn thing, you know. And again, the car in 2008 was extremely fast. You know, it was a small team, but no matter what, that all put the thing in Q3 more often than not. And I actually put it in Q3 myself a few times. You know, I was, I think, six times out of the last seven races. So it wasn't that ridiculous. We just couldn't put it down in the race. But it wasn't that bad. And that's actually why they resigned me. But the next year it got even worse because it was bigger front tires, slick tires, smaller rear tires. The car was even more of a steering, which I can't drive. <laughs> and I was miserable, God. you know. And, and, and that year, the car sucked it was bad it was terrible you know even when you were doing your best job ever you could not get anywhere near q3 there was no way it was supposed to be the same car as the red bull but i guess something got missed you know and and the best thing they did was just get rid of me because i was just so damn miserable you can ask my wife honestly i was the most miserable guy ever because what happened i guess you know i fought my entire career to get there and then it just turns into a nightmare when they when they fired me despite the way they did it which was ridiculous. It was bad. You know, they just I, I I took off from Geneva, arrived in Nürburgring and that I had like three messages on my cell phone saying it's all over internet that it's your last race. That's how it happened. It's like I didn't even hear it from the team. I picked up the phone, called the team manager, and it's like, hey, what's going on? I didn't really want to talk about this on the phone, you know, blah, blah, blah. blah. Okay, <laughs> I'm fired, right? Uh, we need to talk about it. Oh. I'm fired. End of it. And all the weekend long, I had three cameras on my ass just like following me around to see if I was not going to lose it, you know. <laughs> it's like, oh. you know, when is this going to end? And uh, yeah, it was a very short race. I actually had the hydraulic problem, so they just got <laughs> rid of me even faster. But a part of that, You know, getting rid of me was the best thing it did because I was so damn miserable. And at least there was a before, a during, and an after. And I'm much happier now than I was three years ago, you know, four years ago.
3: That's world class candor, man. (laughs) We appreciate that, seriously.
1: You know, I've I've always been very straightforward. I'm I'm always going to tell you the way it is. You know, when people don't like it. For the most part, but, you know, that's me. If they don't want to hear the truth, then just don't ask the enough, question. You
0: know? yeah, right. Freak Nation, Sebastian Bourdais, just after he hopped out of his rig for the Daytona 24 hours, we spanned the globe there, didn't we?
2: That that was incredible. We went around. Now, now I'm, I'm sitting here, <laughs> we in around. my mind, I'm like, damn it, we got to get you that Le Mans win now, we got to get <laughs> no. you an 8500 wow. win now.
1: Uh, man, I, you know, just... Don't talk about Le Mans. Oh, that's brutal! God, yeah, just finishing, finishing three times second. I mean, the first year, honestly, I could not be any happier to finish second. Then two thousand nine, they just, I just, like, I couldn't. I was heartbroken. I mean, I just like total disaster. They fixed the position at four a.m. You know, when we're like forty-five seconds from from the lead after feeling like ten minutes after a mechanical. I mean, I understood the decision. You know, it was it was Peugeot's to lose. You know, it. Audi had pulled the thing in the garage. There were three laps, you know, behind us. There was no point in fighting each other out. But it was my chance, you know. Oh. It was for sure my chance. And uh, two years ago, you know, we just lost it on outright pace. And there was nothing wrong with that. But, man, you know, that that 2009 race will... <laughs> I hope not be the last time I, I get a chance to win it. But for sure, it feels wow. a little bit like, you know, uh, this one is kind of like... <sighs> I don't know if I'll ever get that close again, you know.
2: <laughs> Nothing would be better though than an Indy 500 when Roger Penske's had a gazillion of them. Jay, you're driving for his son. Yeah, he wants It'd be one good for bad, Jay. That yeah, for
1: sure. I, and I want it bad too. And you so
2: said uh, in the media center there, he pays you well. So yeah, It yeah, yeah, means yeah. he must pay your
1: mechanics well too. Um well, I think we have a very reasonable budget, and and he's, de- you know, dedicating a fair share of it to his driver and. He, he, you know, he, he just doesn't let much on the side. He knows that to be on top, you need you know the combination of mechanics, engineers, and, and driver and
2: smart ones that can adjust <laughs> the car, unlike what they did in F1.
1: I, you know what, I'm not the one to judge, but uh, I'll try and do my job and and, uh, and prove him right.
0: Freak Nation, his name is Sebastian Bourdais. Thanks for coming to the Speed Freaks pitch.
1: Thanks, guys.